Shalom, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. You're so kind. <laughs> Thank you. You're so kind. And um, we just want to ask the Lord to bless His word in your hearts and to be truly transformative. The title for today is Dimensions of the Anointing. God gave me this title. Dimensions of the Anointing. So, what is anointing? The anointing is the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives as believers. Do you agree with that? Yes. Did I put you to sleep already? No, no. no not yet. Okay. So, the anointing enables us, the anointing, to what? Why do we need to be anointed? To understand, to apply, and to teach spiritual truths and discern it from error. I really need all of us to be just here and concentrate. Okay? As believers in the true God, we are not just to deliver messages here. Other religions do just that. Rather, our duty is to proclaim the Messiah who is made alive in our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. Through His Spirit, Yeshua, Jesus, lives in us. What does it mean? Remember when we were sinners, right? If someone told us about Jesus, we didn't care, right? But in the moment we are born again, our spirit became alive and could communicate with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit resides in us, and because the Holy Spirit is there, He teaches us about Jesus who is always present in us. Once you say yes to Jesus, he will never leave your heart, ever. Don't listen to anybody who says, oh, try to discourage you. Biblical, biblically, Jesus, Yeshua, is in your heart all the time. His presence doesn't disappear. So, the Holy Spirit is the one who makes Jesus alive. Because through the Holy Spirit, we understand who Jesus is. We love him. We communicate with him. Right? Yes. Now, the Lord calls us to great work for him. Yet, we need the Holy Spirit, the anointing. I sense the dimensions of the anointing. The anointing, uh, so, will equip us to empower us to fulfill that work. If you try to do your own, do your own, your own the work of God, even in a congregation or church, wherever you are, okay? okay? Just to show you that you know you are so active and you are so important, that is an abomination, okay? We do the work of God in humility, knowing exactly who you are, and who he is. So, in order to fulfill the work, the proper work to please God, we need the Holy Spirit. Never forget this part of God, the Holy Spirit. Never. The Holy Spirit was very important, right? He was the worker, the first worker in Genesis. The life begins in, in the water and he was about the water. He's the one who helped the Lord to become flesh and blood, okay? And he is the one who anointed the Lord for mission. Remember that? So, do not neglect the Holy Spirit. Now, by reading the scripture, we discover that in ancient Israel, there were three dimensions of anointing. Remember that. 
And those the, uh, dimensions still exist today. So three dimensions of the anointing. The good news is that those dimensions are still available today. The first dimension, does it mean anything there? Yeah, I think. The first dimension of the anointing in the old covenant times is called the leper's anointing. You say, what? Well, this is how it's called. And this is the anointing that cured a person from a disease. Why is called the leper's anointing? The leper is a person affected by leprosy, which is what? a chronic disease caused by infection with a bacterium called Mycobacterium leprae. It mainly affects the skin, the eyes, the nose, and peripheral nerves. Now, if you read Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 14 in its entirety, we see that the leper's anointing was given by the priest so the leper has to be anointed, right? By the priest. By the priest to the lepers at their cleansing. When a leper came to the priest, he was cleansed with the blood. And after he was cleansed with the blood, he was anointed with oil. It was not only the blood of the lamb that cleansed the leper, but also the anointing oil, which is symbol of the Holy Spirit, the anointing one who restored him. Got it? Now, leprosy is a metaphor to sin. Leprosy is a metaphor to sin. Therefore, this first dimension of the anointing is also called the sinner's anointing. Sinner's anointing. Just as the leprosy moves into the physical body, and destroys it, guess what? So sin moves in it, right? To destroy and kill the spirit. Leprosy in this case is a type of sin, incurable in the nature, but curable only by God. Men can do nothing to remove it or its effect. Now, every believer Honestly, every believer has experienced the leper's anointing by the blood of Yeshua and the work of the Holy Spirit. So, by the blood of Yeshua and the work of the Holy Spirit, you become a new creation, right? So, what do you gain by this blood and, and oil? You gain spiritual salvation. You cannot have salvation without the blood of the Lamb. You cannot have salvation without the innocent blood and without the presence of the Holy Spirit. No, there is not. Trust me, there is not. You know very well. So, the first dimension of the anointing was experienced by many in the Bible as well. And since you know very well David, I want to talk about him a little bit. So, David, for example, was just a shepherd boy, not yet qualified to be a king. However, he received the first dimension of the anointing, which is called leper's anointing, by the prophet who? Samuel, is it? Okay. Prophet Samuel in Bethlehem. And if you read Samuel, 1 Samuel 16, verse 13, it says, Then Samuel, with a horn of oil in hand, anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David. Then Samuel set out for Ramah. Now, with the Spirit of the Lord upon him, David is able to defeat Go, go, you say Goliath, but I say Goliath, because this is what he did. See there, he says Goliath. But did not qualify him to rule. So, this first dimension of anointing gives he wisdom and power to fight the 
enemy. So this dimension of the anointing also gives us enough faith to defeat giants. In other words, when you are born again, the Holy Spirit teaches you all the time and say, ah, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I know this is good and this is bad. I can discern, okay? So that is what David did. Now, the first blessed anointing, this first one, the leprous anointing, brings us into the kingdom of God. How do we know that? Because the very first word which Jesus Yeshua said when he started his ministry, he said something about what? The kingdom of God is here. So he wanted to say clearly that you are in darkness, but there is hope because I am here. The kingdom of God is here. So it's a sine qua non, okay, not Latin, okay. It's an important, it's an important condition, right, to know that in your new life, you cannot have your new life and um, adore the darkness here, okay? So you have to jump into the, what, kingdom of God. Because God, if you are not in the kingdom of God, you will not understand what God said. You don't understand. Because everything is opposite to what we know in the darkness. Right? So this is the first. Now, so what happened in, in the first, uh, first, I mean, the first dimension of the anointing? We become one with, with uh, Yeshua. He is the head and we are the body. Right? It is that anointing that delivers from sin, bondage, and Satan. So it's the deliverance. It's exactly what we need first. You cannot mingle to go on this side and on the other side. Okay? Now, that anointing nourished by the word of, is nourished by the word of God. We cannot receive that anointing until we are in the high place of worship where the presence of God is flowing freely. In other words, okay, you can develop a habit when you come before the Lord, right? You come with respect, you come with dignity. And when you come before the Lord in His presence, the first thing is to worship Him, right? To acknowledge who He is. And when you start worshiping, your heart starts start warming up. And Jesus, who is Yeshua, Jesus, who is in you, becomes alive. And you feel good. And you know that, that the Lord Yeshua is in you. You know. Because the presence of Yeshua in you, you know it. You know. You don't feel God. So I feel Jesus. No. You don't feel Jesus. You feel the Holy Spirit. You feel the power. But Jesus was a person, so you, 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 you know him. You know that he's new. You know. Now, there is a difference. Oh, good. There is a difference between God's presence and God's power. Now let's see if we can get that. So a difference between God's presence and God's power. God's presence is who? Is him. The Lord. Is his nature. Is his attributes. This is presence. So he is present with him and his nature, nature and his attributes. He is the presence, the glory of God in the flesh. Hallelujah to the Lord. This is who is it. So he is the presence, the glory of God in the flesh. The presence of the Lord is not felt. Please understand that because it's a lot of confusion between the presence and the power of God. So you can say, I feel, I feel the Lord. How do you feel it? You cannot touch it. What do you mean you feel? It's not abstract. So Lord is not felt, but known. You know God. God's power is the, the now the power, the power, not the presence, is the overflow of the life of the Messiah. His power is felt. You feel the power, say, oh, I feel the power of God. 
I feel the how the whole. Yes, because it's abstract. So you know Yeshua, that means his presence, and you feel his power, right? Now, the presence and the power are not the same. Remember Moses? You know that guy? Moses? Okay. So Moses in Exodus 13, verse 83, shows me the, he said, he said, show me the glory. In other words, he was looking for the presence of God, not for the power of God, to see him, right? He was a pagan and he wanted to see, like, they make gods and idols. He said, show me the glory, I want to see. Okay, so uh, the Lord came and revealed himself. So God's glory is an attribute. How he is, he's glorious, he's wonderful, and so on. God reveals his nature, his justice, his love, and his grace. He revealed it to us, revealed it to us. But the glory of, of God cannot be felt, okay? But you, you don't feel the, you don't feel the, um, the glory, but you, what do you do? You know it because it's God himself. Nobody ever said, well, you have to help. Uh, nobody ever said, be saved with laying of the hands. Can you go to someone who said, be saved? Why not? Why not? They have to choose. Hmm? They have to choose. They have free will. No. no. Who are you to save somebody? Who are you to say be saved? Only the blood of the Lamb, only Jesus saved. So you cannot say be saved with a laying of hands. We cannot release salvation from our hands because salvation is of the Lord, right? But you can say something when you lay the hand. What, do you, what can you say? You can say, be healed, be delivered, yes, right? Be delivered, but not be saved, because you, you, are, you are not God. We are saved when we receive Yeshua, but we are healed when you receive his power. Again, we are saved when we receive Yeshua, but we are healed when we receive his power. So, I, as I said, the Holy Spirit empowers you. So once you are empowered by the Holy Spirit, that power you can transfer when you lay hands and say, be healed. You cannot say, be saved. You can say, be healed. So, Okay, now, after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, see what I said, upon you, not in your, uh, not in you, or within, with you, now, then you are absolutely empowered. Remember, the Holy Spirit can come and go, but let's see why. The Holy Spirit can be in you, with you, and on you. The Holy Spirit is in you to save you. The Holy Spirit is with you to convict you of sin, to bring you into the kingdom. Do you understand? And he will be on you when it's Holy Spirit is on me, that is for your service. One more time. The Holy Spirit can be in you when it's saved. No, you're saved and the Holy Spirit is in you. The Holy Spirit can be on you, on you, to use you, right? And the Holy Spirit is with you to convict you. So instead, the Holy Spirit with you, I said, oh, look, you made a boo-boo, it's not good what you've done. The Holy Spirit teaches you about Yeshua and so on. 
But remember these three things because are very important if you understand them. So the presence is in you, the presence is in you, presence of God, but the power of the Holy Spirit is on you, is on you. The presence of Jesus, Yeshua, is in my heart forever, permanent. You will have him forever. The power is not on me forever. The power comes, listen, the power comes on only for service. When you finish service, the power lifts. I'm telling you, I'm not boasting or anything. I'm not a person who does that. But when I was a pastor for many years, right? So when I was on the podium and I was preaching, trust me, I was different. I felt the Holy Spirit is on me, on me. I, I was a different person. When I finished, I was just, I hit up. Nothing, no, nothing different. So what I'm saying that the Holy Spirit comes on you, on you, for service. When you finish service, whoops, the powers lift. Definitely, definitely. And I'm sure you experience this. The presence of God in you manifests when you worship Him, pray, read the Word. Okay? So, you, when, you, when you see the presence of, I mean, you realize about the presence of God when you start worshiping Him, praying, and read the Word. These are three things which you cannot remove ever from your life. If you turn totally to God, you cannot do that. Yeshua does not come and go from your heart. He's there present. His presence becomes real when you worship. Because when you worship, you see for yourself that you understand that God is in you when you worship him. Or you have, yes, I'm worshiping him, right? The presence of God does not stir a soul, but still a soul. He say. Stay silent before the Lord. That is the presence of God. Sometimes I go to the Holy of Holies and I say, Lord, I don't want you to tell me anything. I just want to look in your eyes and to communicate through your love, through your presence. Other time I said, Lord, I'm here for two hours. And you didn't give me anything? You didn't give me anything. And then I was disrespectful. And the Lord said, my presence is not sufficient for you. I said, oh Lord, you, if you don't want to talk to me, that's okay with me if you allow me to be in your presence. Other, time, other times, he tell me stuff and I said, Okay, Lord, let, let, me, let me write it down. Okay, okay. So, in other words, God is not my servant. Okay? God is the God. And I am nothing. A grain of sand. That's right. So, now, remember... So the first dimension of the anointing is for the sinner's salvation. Do you understand that part, right? Which is the first step in our new life. This is the first step. Every dimension of the anointing has a purpose. The first dimension gives us salvation, but we are not yet qualified to rule, to receive authority. We cannot see greater results of the anointing until we experience a greater dimension. So here we go to the second dimension of the anointing, which is called the priestly anointing. Do you understand? So first was the what? leper's anointing, which results in salvation. And now is the priestly anointing, which results in service. 
a priest does serve, right? The first, as I said here, the first mention belongs to the labor for salvation. <clears throat> now, the second dimension belongs to the priesthood. Now, as it is mentioned in Exodus 29, 29, it says, And the holy garments of Aaron shall be his sons after him to be anointed in them and to be consecrated in them. This was for Aaron and his sons, the priests of the tribe of Levi, Levi or Levi. Anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them so they may serve me as priests. <clears throat> so what does a what does do what does a priest do? do? He serves. He serves. But you cannot come from the street. You are not newborn, you are not born again, nothing. And they say, oh, I want to read the Torah. I want to preach, or I want to. <clears throat> you cannot serve unless first you are clean, for goodness sake. You are born again, right? So, that <clears throat> the first anointing enabled us to walk into the presence of God, okay? Remember the first anointing? came upon David before he prepared for the throne, before. When David received the second dimension of the anointing, it was that anointing that dismantled Saul's kingdom. Do you understand? It was a conflict between the house of David and the house of Saul, right? So once he gave the heart to the Lord and was serving and was so loyal to Saul and was doing good things, serving, then God said, that's it. You are a good servant, you are by my heart, so the soul's kingdom will disappear. When the Lord gives us the second anointing, he began dismantling the power of our enemies. See? So when you start serving, he began dismantle the power of our enemies as he dismantled the kingdom of Saul. Now, <clears throat> sometimes the second anointing launches us into war, into war, right? So the moment David got his second dimension of anointing in Hebron, a war broke out between the house of David and the house of Saul. So the first anointing may keep us hidden, protected. Uh, he said, I'm safe, I'm safe, I don't go anywhere. I'm uh, watching on the online, uh, whatever sermon it is. Uh, that's okay. No, the first anointing may keep you hidden, protected. In other words, you do nothing. But when a second anointing comes into our life, we come out in the battlefield fighting. It's a time for peace. It's a time for war. So we are fighting when you receive the second anointing because the second anointing is for service. And do you know who does not want us to serve God? So we have war. We are in a permanent war with Satan until the rapture. Okay? So, <clears throat> but when you go the second anointing, then we are able to fight and dismantle the, the uh, making of, of, uh, of the enemy. Now, the work of the, sp the Spirit of God, the work of the Spirit of God in our life, not only save us from the guilt and penalty of sin, this was the first time, but the Lord wants also to save us from the power of sin. Yes, you cancel the sin, cancel the sin, but guess what? He's everywhere and sometimes comes back, right? Even here, do you have brothers and sisters who fell from, from faith, right? So what do you have to do with them? To ignore them? No, to love them, to pray for them, to just to, to nurture them, 
to come back. Now, the Spirit's work is to make us holy, righteous, to express righteous deeds through service to others and to the Lord. This is the priestly anointing, or yes, you can say. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit breaks the power of cancelled sin. So when you are saved, the sin is cancelled, but it's not dead. Okay. So when you have, you are anointed with a service. Now you have the power to cancel that sin. It says in Isaiah ten twenty seven. The yoke of sin shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Did you hear? So, the yoke of sin shall be destroyed. Why? Because of the anointing. Not just to cancel the, the sin, but to destroy the sin. Not to allow sin to come back. Do you understand? Now, so the priestly anointing. Did you get anything for now? Or not? A little bit? Okay, the priestly anointing is for holiness. Remember that. The leper's anointing was for salvation. The priestly anointing is for service, but the service has to be done in holiness. Right? Yes. If you are a treasurer and you steal money for, for the church, what happens? Huh? So, if you are a janitor and you take home some chairs without telling anybody? Hmm? So, you cannot serve without holiness. You have to have holiness. Okay. So, the priestly anointing is for holiness to cause us to live right, to produce righteous acts, to motivate righteous deeds, and for ministry to the Lord and others. In other words, if you, if you are on this road, don't go to the right, don't go to the left. Keep your eyes on your shore. That's it. Now, the third dimension, am I too late now? Um, how much I have? 15 minutes. 15 minutes? The third dimension of the anointing is called the kingly anointing. Wow. The, this one is in Samuel. Is it written there? Yeah. The, the anointing of a king was anointing to power and authority. Power and authority. In Samuel 10.1, it says, Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head, David's head, and kissed him and said, It is not because the Lord has anointed you commander of, a, of his inheritance. In other words, not, not too long from now, you will be the king. In other words, right? So, it is the kingly anointing that Yeshua spoke to his disciples in Acts 1.8. Listen to this. Yeshua speaks. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit is come upon you. So the Holy Spirit come upon you, could be with you, and could be in you. When you come upon you, it comes for you to be able to serve. So the Lord said, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit is come upon you. And you shall be witness unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the outmost part of the earth. Right? But why he didn't say, guys, see, I'm going, but you have to continue my work. Bye. No, he didn't say that. He said, you shall receive power. In other words, don't go to say, oh, I'm going to do evangelism. I'm going to create my own business. I'm going to have my own ministry. I said, when I talk to people like that, I said, never ever in your life say my ministry. 
It's his ministry. You serve him. It's not mine. And I saw young people say, oh, I want to have my ministry. Really? Really? So, that is the model. You cannot start a work for God to be blessed unless the Holy Spirit is upon you and people who are engaged in that ministry. And it says, and you shall be witness unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. I remember I had, um, when I was a pastor, I had uh, a group of young people and they came to me and he said, wow, wow, we, we, we decided to go to Mexico uh, to evangelize. I said, where? Next week. Really? So how do you evangelize? Oh, we want to, uh, to repair a church. Or, I said, you said evangelize. Yeah, we're going to talk about God. So what do you tell? Well, you tell them uh, Jesus dies for us. That is like this, so casual. I said, calm down. What are you talking about? What happens if someone is asking you something? You have a lawyer or you have a doctor or if it's someone who asks you an extraordinary question, what do you say? What do you say to him if you don't know what you're talking about? Okay, how much did you read the Bible? Oh, I read the uh, uh, book of Acts. That's all? Yeah, we don't need much. I want you to sleep again. You don't need, you don't need much? You eat just the, the book of Acts? What do you do with the 65 books, the others? What are you doing about it? I said, I'm in authority. You don't go anywhere to Mexico, you or your friends, until you come, you are educated here, in the Bible, you know what you're doing, you grow spiritually, you understand God, because to be an evangelist is not for fun. That's right, serious. So, how do I know all this? Because of this word. So, how do I know all this? Because of this verse. Remember, the, the um, uh, disciples were with uh, Yeshua more than 10,000 hours for, for three years. So they knew a lot. So they could say, oh, Lord, we want to gather with you. We know so much. But no, what the Lord said, wait until, don't move until the Holy Spirit is upon you. You understand? Because it's his work, and you have to listen to him when we when you, when you proclaim the gospel. So, there is a limit to the first dimension of the anointing, right? It's a limit. Okay, you are saying. There is a limit to the second dimension of the anointing. But there is no limit to the third dimension. The anointing protects you from Satan and death. Now, remember something funny? We talk about the third anointing now. Remember, Adam was the high priest, right? And so, if you remember, in the book of Numbers, chapter 21, Adam and his sister Miriam stood against Moses for marrying a black Ethiopian woman. Because the anointing of Dominion was on, was anointed. The, the garments were anointed. There were people who touched the garments and become healed. Why? Because the, the garments were anointed by the Holy Spirit. Was an, they were anointed. And the person was anointed. So, because the anointing of dominion was on Adam, okay, nothing happened to him. But his sister was struck with leprosy. 
So what? Why? So it looks like God told Mary, Mary, little one, since you don't like black, I will make you so white that you will hate it. With leprosy, right? Leprosy is white. No, he didn't say that. I'm saying that. So. Okay, and his brother Moses prayed for her. Now, why Aaron was not punished? Why he was not punished? Okay, the anointing, listen, the anointing protects from death and the devil as long as Aaron wore the priestly garments, as, as long as the anointing work was on him, as long as he was serving as a high priest, as long as all this, not death could touch him. Hallelujah to the Lord. Do you understand? Then God told Moses, God then told Moses, to take his brother Aaron, listen to this, on Mount Hor, remember, where he will die. Listen, as long as he wore the garment, he was protected from death. The minute he was stripped of his garments, he dropped dead. So he was punished, but not when he was in service and when he was with the garment, anointed garment. Do you understand? Poor Mary, she was not. Anyway, now, after the anointing, if you remember in the Bible, you see, after the third, third anointing, you see what happened to Peter. The shadow of Peter healed the sick. It was not before that. Healed the sick. Angelic activities become a norm in the assemblies. Peter was freed from prison. Stephen prophesied. Saul is turned into Paul. Rabbi Shaul, also in Gentile, is called Paul. Paul means parables, and parables means small, because you want to be humble, better. It's not Paul. It's Paul's anyway. And yet, very few today are anointed by this third dimension. Very, very few today. Okay. Now, our Lord Yeshua, you say, okay, who anointed him? Our Lord Yeshua was not anointed by the high priest in accordance with the ceremony described in Exodus. Who anointed him? Who anointed him? Not the priest, but who? Huh? Who? They're saying John. What do you mean, John? No, God. The Holy Spirit didn't him like a dove. For goodness sake. So, our Lord Yeshua was not anointed by the high priest in accordance with the ceremony described in Exodus, but by the Holy Spirit during his baptism, right? Remember? He came as a dove. So, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, he said, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me what? To bind up the brokenness, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. So, who said this first time? Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. Now, so I want to not to be to uh, transform it into a lecture or the past, but I want to communicate with you a little bit and to tell me if you remember now the three dimensions of what? Of the anointing. Which one? Leprosy. So, the leprosy anointing. The priestly anointing and the kingly anointing. Okay? As I said, not many people have this anointing. 
I mean the third, I'm sorry, the third anointing. We have the first one, we have the second one, but the third one is very, very, very rare, very few people have. I don't know if you remember, I'm, I'm looking to some old uh, videos and stuff, and remember that about uh, maybe 40 or 30 years ago, there were people, right, who were so much dedicated to God. They were able just to, to heal people just by looking at them. Why? Be not because they were somebody, because the Spirit of, of, the, of the Lord was upon them for the service. And the Holy Spirit did the work, okay? But how many healings do you see today in the congregation? Not even one. Not even one. What do you think? What do you think? Well, I think that I have to go home to look in a mirror to myself and to say to me, shame on you, Elia. Shame on you. What do you do with, with our service? You cannot just say, oh, I'm saved and do exactly, behave exactly like in the world. You dress like a word, you, you do everything like a word, you drink like a word, you go to places where you pollute the holiness of God. Do you understand? So practically for us, we need to wake up. We need to become serious. Because, because, we, God demands respect for him. Sometimes we don't have respect. How do I know? Because of the behavior. Because of the behavior. Some people curse. Some people smoke. Some people look lastly to other people. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Why is not any healing in the church? Because we don't live in power. Because our life is not clean. Because we don't have the desire to work. It's very comfortable. You go home, open the TV, come here, go to find, have some fun, and just because you come to church, that is uh, all your Christianity. Okay? Please, I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart. I tell you from the bottom of my heart. Please, when you go home, just analyze yourself before the Lord and ask Him to give power to be a, a real evangelist, to be a real, a real Christian. I know you have some missions, I know it, but the question is, you ask yourself and say, Lord, did I give you all I am? Did I give you all I am? Or I keep something for myself? You have no idea how God will bless you when he sees total devotion from you. I'm going to close here. Don't, uh, don't throw stones at me when I go out. Yes, sir. Breathe. How does one grieve the Holy Spirit? Huh? How does one grieve the Holy Spirit? Breathe. Breathe. How do I grieve the Holy Spirit? How does one grieve the Holy Spirit? I understand. Spirit? Through sin. That's right. Through sin. Through sin. That's all. Think of the sin. I mean, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, he will teach you to make the difference between sin and, and holiness. So, so, the Holy Spirit tells you, here you go, you committed sin right here. You did this right there. Okay? So, the first, the first step for me was my mouth. I said, if I say a curse with my mouth, and then if I go and pray, what does he mean? What's wrong with me? You cannot, what Jesus said is, what, what comes out of your mouth defies you. So let's, let's try, let's try step by step to improve ourselves Control our mouth. Control our ideas. 
controls our walking. But in order to control this, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. So you have to fall before the Lord and say, Lord, I need your help. And you will be extraordinary. Yes. So if I ask anybody, how many times did you read the Bible? Not when you read the Bible, you not, don't read from uh, um, one chapter today, one chapter. This is, I don't know if we'll give this, this uh, division. When you read the Bible, you read by thought, thought, by thinking, by thought. In other words, let's say in Genesis, you have one thought from chapter 1 to chapter 11. It's one thought. The history of humanity, right? One thought. So you don't read on one chapter. You sit down there, you'll not die if you read 11 chapters. And if you read 12 times in the same time, in the same setting. Oh, I know you are busy. Yeah, we are. But who is the first in your life? See? If you put busy work in front of the sitting before the Lord, it's something there which has to be corrected. See? So, read the Bible by thought. Then you read for 12 to 36. It's the creation of uh, what? Of the Israel uh, nation, right? And so on. Don't read by a chapter which are because it will be interrupted and it's chop, 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 chop. You may make a connection. It's not the point to read it. The point is to develop the idea, the correct idea, to understand what the Bible wants to tell you. Do you understand? So, action. Action, action, action. Father, we thank you for today. If I made any mistakes, please, Lord, forgive me. My intention is to love these people and your word to be transmitted correctly and to be transformative in their life. They are all your children, Lord. They are all washed in your blood. And the Holy Spirit is in their heart. Father, let them not be discouraged. Because exactly what you said happened. You will never leave us or forsake us. So when you go through crisis, it's one thing to go without you, and one thing is to go with you. When you go with you, we learn and we, we transform and develop. When you go without you, it's absolutely destructive and you become ill and disappointed. So, Father, we thank you so very much that you thought of us, that you love us, you forgive us, and develop our mind and keep our mind just for you. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, we pray. pray. Amen. That's it. And I think all of our friends.